Welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and today Don Cooper is joined again by Dr. Patty Ann Tublin for her final of three episodes with us. She is the author of Money Can Buy You Happiness, and Not Tonight, Dear, I've Got a Business to Run. Dr. Patty Ann is also the founder and CEO of Relationship Toolbox and is someone who cares very deeply and knows a great deal about relationships and how they can severely impact your business and your life both for the better and for the worse, which is exactly what she is on the show to talk about. Dr. Patty Ann has been with us for three episodes discussing how relationships impact business, how you can grow trust with clients, and what factors play into strong team building. It's a fantastic conversation all around, so if you haven't already done so, definitely go back and listen to our other episodes with Dr. Patty Ann, and make sure you subscribe so you never miss any future episodes. But with all of that said, I truly do hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. Let's pivot then, because uh, I equally, and I think every listener out there who runs a business or is, or is employed uh, in some way or form or has a team has the same challenges inside the house that they have outside the house. Uh, and that's how do you build strong relationships on your teams inside your company so that you are all set up to thrive and be successful? All right. So it's not really all that different, right? Because people are people. The difference is in, inside your team, you're living and breathing and working with each other day in and day out, right? So it's even more critical that the trust is there. And the way you do that is you genuinely support each other. Again, it's not about you, it's about the team, right? What do they say? There's no I in team, right? So it's about the team and you demonstrate that by being genuine and curiosity, what's going on with you? If you're in leadership and people are missing their numbers, rather than what's going on with these numbers, it's, I've noticed your numbers have slipped. Is there anything going on that I can help you with? Or is there anything going on in your life that's creating this issue? Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Now, look, you're not the social worker. You're not the therapist, right? And and in many ways, you're not even the coach. But reaching out with that genuine concern will go such a long way in understanding where your client, where your employee is coming from. And then maybe you as a leader or a manager can pivot the roles and the responsibilities of that employee so you can help them out for a short amount of time. What will happen is the other employees will see that authenticity. And they will, you know, when you, when people know that you truly care about them, they will go to the mat for you all day, every day. They'll know that you're loyal. They know that just like you're not seeing your client as just a client, you're not seeing your employee as just employee, but, but as a, as an employee, but as a whole person. And, and the other huge thing that you need to do is to create a culture where failure is acceptable. Now, I don't mean, you know, failing day in and day out, right? You know, when you fail more than once, it's a decision, but it's Mm -hmm. okay to fail because when you fail, that means you're trying something new. If you want to innovate, you've got to try something new, but if it doesn't work, you fail fast, you fail forward, and then you learn, right? So sometimes you win and sometimes you learn, but giving people permission to fail will go so far in creating 
a bond and a unity within your company, because guess what? Everybody will experience failure. Nobody will win all the time. And if somebody's winning all the time, quite honestly, Don, I would call them on that and say, you always hit the mark. What are you trying that's new? And chances yeah, are yeah. I mean, if, if someone is, a, if someone's batting a thousand percent, then, you know, it's, I would look at it like you're not challenging yourself enough. Like, let's elevate to another level so that you're growing. Well, if someone's always batting a thousand percent, no one's ever thrown them a curveball or a slider. It's, it's a different problem to have. I mean, I, I think in this economy, in the world we've been in lately, I don't know that anyone can claim that they're batting a thousand percent. But the question is, um, you know, are they growing? Are they are they getting bigger and better results by growing? Uh, and from a value standpoint, are, are, is everyone on the team looking after each other? I mean, my my core values are all about those elements trying to create that intentional culture inside the business. Our number one value is family first, but I don't mean just, you know, at home, it's, it's inside the house. We're like, you know, we, we worked with each other a third of our lives. We need to look out for each other. We need to help each other. We need to teach each other. We need to look after our own. And um, depending on people's personality, sometimes they can see that as <clears throat> the company will look after me. What it really means is we all look out for each other, regardless of whether, you know, it's, it's company sponsored or not. It had a great story. One of our team, one of our team members, uh, our, our IT manager, she had her kids in her car. She got a flat tire and she was panicking because she didn't know how to change a flat tire. And she had young, young babies in the car and she just reached out to people in the company and one of our uh, online repair technicians just dropped everything of what he was doing and drove to where she was and rescued her and took took care of her. We, we didn't wait for the, uh, the AMA or the, you know, the AAA to show up. One of our yeah, yeah. people went and, and no one told him to do that. He just heard and left. And, and that was just such a powerful example of just take care of each other. Well, that's a great example of the culture you create and the people that you that you hire, because in a company, especially with salespeople, they need to understand when one wins, we all win, right? It's not a it's not a zero sum game at all. And the other piece that you said earlier when I was speaking about failing is, you only grow when you are uncomfortable. 100%. Growth doesn't take place in your comfort zone, it feels good. You feel good about yourself. You might feel like, you know, who's better than me, but you're not learning anything. So you want to have people that support each other, whereas it doesn't feel good. It, I get that feeling in my stomach. I'm a little anxious. Awesome. Go with it. Go with it. Because when you break through that, the other side is growth. Right. There's um, the, the whole the, the metaphor of the or the analogy of about a, a, a lobster in his shell. So when a lobster starts to become uncomfortable, it stays in its shell until the discomfort is so great, it sheds it. It's one of those. And it's only when the discomfort is so great that it breaks out and then it becomes something greater. Think about the first time you learned to ride a bike. That didn't feel good. First time you nope. learned to read anything. I can remember the first time I learned to ride a bike. And I think I still have the scars on my knees when I fell. <laughs> over. 
<laughs> but you know how to do it now. I know how to do it. I'm, I'm trying to teach my daughter how to do it now. Abby's uh, Abby's got a push bike. She's gotten really good on her balance when I took away her training wheels and her pedals right. uh, lately. The the story about uh, animals that I think that I, that that is similar to what um, you were describing, which I think is important from a discomfort standpoint. Uh, I think it was another friend of mine, Keith Rosen, who told me this several times. And Keith's a fellow New Yorker like you. Um, How'd you know I was from New York? My accent? I couldn't tell whatsoever. <laughs> I, there, there was no giveaways at all that you were, <laughs> you were from New York. But anyway, Keith is from, the, uh, from New York. And, and Keith tells this story about, you know, he's a, he's a sales coach's coach. Um, and, and he's awesome. Keith uh, talks about a, uh, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. <laughs> and there's this caterpillar who goes into its chrysalis and is starting to come out. And this kid goes over and tries to help the help the caterpillar by peeling open the chrysalis and letting the the butterfly uh, come out a little easier. And when the butterfly is finally out, it can't fly. One of its wings is misformed. And the, the child looks at, you know, dad and goes, well, why? Well, what happened? Well, it's the act of having to force itself to break out of that cocoon that forces the blood to go to all the other right places so that it can emerge as a butterfly. And without that struggle, the caterpillar can never become a butterfly. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is I, I, I knew where you, I knew where you were going with that story. I, I, and, you know, I, I love the analogy about the lobster because it's, you know, it's lobster season right now. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to all have some in restaurants one of these days. But yeah, that it's the struggle. It's not the fear. And it's not the uh, it, and it's 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 the struggle of getting through the discomfort that em allows you to emerge with new capability. Right. And, and the, and in, in-house, you really want to cultivate that culture where I want, we want growth. We don't want the same old, same old. Look, to go back to Kodak, Kodak actually, I think, invented digital photography, the di did, digital image. I think it was. Right. But they, up, they in Rochester, up in Rochester, New York, um, what happened was the old guard, the old executives didn't want to mess with the fact that they were crushing film and they were hoping it would be a fad. They were not comfortable with change. It was steady as she goes, same old, same old. And it was the death of them, right? And it, it for businesses, it might be a slow drip, drip, drip. But if you don't grow, you will find yourself on the road to irrelevance. And irrelevancy is a kiss of death in business, especially your business, which is changing at the speed of the speed of light. Yeah. And, you know, in the industrial space is uh, in, in my industrial business, uh, in a lot of ways from uh, an innovation, uh, in modern innovation, which well, I would say is the digital revolution. We're probably one of the furthest behind, particularly on the contractor side. I think certain owner organizations have a lot of sophisticated systems, but the, the contractors who actually physically are performing that construction, that maintenance, those repairs, they're not necessarily anywhere near uh, from, a, from a digital capability standpoint uh, where a lot of other industries are. And we really got to really uh, catch up. Um, you know, in, a, in a, a lot of those areas too, because the pace of change is accelerating faster than 
uh, than people really understand. And I think that was the Kodak issue, right? Is in addition to, they had a prejudice towards 99% of their business. They, they had, a, I think in 1976, they had a 99% market share in film and chemicals and photographic paper. They, they dominated. And um, one, they, they didn't want to disrupt that. And two, you know, when they made that first digital camera that was the size of a small television and it had like 0.1 megabytes or kilobytes of, of resolution, it was really poor quality. What they couldn't anticipate, what they didn't anticipate was Moore's law was that the, that technology, because it was microchip based, was exponentially getting better every 18 months. So that today in 2021, you have higher resolution cameras than were possible on film 40 years ago. Mm. And, they, and, they, and they could not possibly have anticipated that. I don't wanna get myself into trouble, but I am in Connecticut and you know, right up the line used to be GE. Mm -hmm. And I used to do work for GE, I consulted for GE you know, maybe a victim of their own success, we can just say. It's very, sure, you have to yeah. be careful when you say anything negative about GE because GE people are so, on the one hand, so loyal, they're such a tribe, but they will tell you they, they failed to innovate or they did not embrace a culture of failure, let's put it that, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of great things that Jack Welsh did in that organization in terms of uh, driving a lot of accountability, pushing for results. Mm -hmm. You know, but that, you know, no organization is perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of things that they've done that are not the most innovative compared to some other organizations. That's for sure. Hubris, right. right? It's, you know, Jim Collins writes about it a lot that, you know, as you, you know, success is often the root of failure because people can get real comfortable that we're awesome. Well, they get complacent. And what happens is people also confuse movement with growth and movement with yeah. progress and don't confuse the two. Right. A lot of people doing a lot of different things, but going nowhere fast. A great, great comment that, you know, I think a lot of people confuse activity with productivity. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. How can, how can uh, everyone inside of your house, inside of your organization, whether you're on a team, you're managing a team, or you're leading the organization, what are some things that every one of those people can do that can be intentional about creating stronger relationships? Okay, so first and foremost, be there for the other person when they need you, not when you want something from them. It's not tit for tat. It is treat other people with respect as a person. Get to know them in an appropriate way as a person. You can work with people day in and day out and you don't know anything about their personal lives. I think that's insane because you bring your whole self to the work. Even something so silly as buy the Girl Scout cookies, you know, yeah. I mean, or, or give them away or give a donation for the troops, right? Or just take an interest if you drive to work and, you know, pe the same per people will park next to each other going to work for 20 years. And it will be a grunt, huh? Hello, hello, how's your weekend? Good, good. You don't know anything about that person. Show a genuine mm -hmm. interest in who they are as a person. And honestly, Don, everything else will fall into place after that. Now, I do have to say, and I hate to pull this card, but 
to stereotype, this comes so much easier for women, okay? Women just naturally are relational, whereas men tend to be more transactional. But I do think that that's shifting today. I'm not saying that you use your relationships at work inappropriately, any inappropriate way, right? But don't create a culture in your workplace where it's just business, all business, all day, every day. Because you're forgetting the fact that the people that are doing the business for you and working the business for you have other interests and other passions. And try to find the way, a way as a company to nurture those as well. Love that. I, th- I think I think that that and, I, and a big piece of that I think is the is the root of all innovation. If you can, if you can find the things that people are energized and passionate about, and give them projects and opportunities to do that inside of your organization, really powerful things can happen because they'll create new programs and new products that they own. They, 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 they own it in their soul because it was their idea. It was their baby. I mean, as an entrepreneur, everything inside the business that I've touched, like I have this personal connection to those products and services and systems that were somehow I had my fingers in. Uh, And I think if you can create that ability for your whole team to take their passions and get their fingerprints and DNA all over it. You know, it's, you know, it's a bit paternal, but like you never let your own babies, you know, go without, do you? Well, and the, the other piece to that is on the, in the team, let everybody own a piece of the baby, like let it be a yes. team effort, right? So that everybody can feel as if they had something to contribute. I love to give the example of, when John Kennedy, President John Kennedy, the older one for the people that knew John John, right? President John Kennedy, when um, we were sending the man to the moon and he went to NASA and I think he was walking, I think it was Houston, and he saw a janitor there sweeping. He said to the janitor, what, what, what are you doing or what's your job here or something? And the janitor stopped and looked at the president of the United States and said, I am part of a team that is putting a man on the moon. He was the janitor, but they created a culture that whatever job you are doing within that company is a part of the overall mission of the company. So a long-winded way of saying, everybody needs to know what the mission is. Everybody needs to be on board with the mission. Everything you do has to serve that purpose one way or the other. Amen. Amen. Any final thoughts on, I'm sure you've got a couple more nuggets of gold on the magic bullets for relationships. You know, it's so funny. I talk about it all the time. I don't know what people consider a magic bullet. I I would say, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. There you go. Because it's that vulnerability that will create the trust. Because if that vulnerability means that I am trusting you to be real with you. And you will then be more inclined to be vulnerable and real real with me. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable, I think is huge in developing a relationship. And then when it comes to trust and issues come up and they will come up as you're developing a relationship, remember, and you've heard me talk about this, Don, remember, trust is not absolute. 
right? It's based upon your perspective and your life experience. So always give the other person the benefit of the doubt. As strongly as you believe that you, be, you might be right in whatever your perspective is, try to remember the other person feels just as strongly that they believe they were right. And maybe it's okay. It is not antithetical to believe there is more than one truth. That in and of itself can be so powerful in a relationship because it's not, if, if, if it's, I absolutely am right, then you absolutely are wrong. How do you think that's going to develop the relationship? It won't, the relationship will grow apart. So be aware that there's more than one truth and then always communicate with authenticity and honesty. And if there's a discrepancy, if you feel hurt or misunderstood in a business relationship, or you didn't get a message or you felt slighted, notice I'm not saying confronting, ask the person about it, have a conversation. Say, I have to tell you when you said this, this is how I felt. And the person might say, oh my goodness, that's not what I meant. Or I was at such a bad place that day because relationships will have snags. Nothing is a straight line, but when you can grow through those issues, the relationship will come out that much stronger because the vulnerability was addressed. The hurt feelings were addressed. And don't think that in business, there aren't feelings. Oh my gosh, I could talk forever on that. Do not think that business is not about feelings because relationships are all about feelings. They're all about emotions. We didn't even talk about emotional intelligence, but I'm talking too long. <laughs> That's a, maybe we should do another whole episode about emotional intelligence, but I can tell you as an entrepreneur that, you know, feelings, you know, excitement, enthusiasm, fear, concern, caution, you know, risk-taking, you know, you know, is, is, is it all falling apart this week? Is it all, is it's a roller coaster ride. Um, and it's a roller coaster ride sometimes that you are taking blindfolded because you can't anticipate what's going to happen in two weeks. Uh, and so there's a ton of emotion involved, particularly in um, when there's, a, you know, the more uncertainty there is in the world, the more that, because human beings, and I say this to my team all the time, we we are not logic-based creatures. We are emotionally-based creatures and we just use logic to back up what our emotions are telling us. And by the way, all decisions are emotion-based contrary to what people think. But I will leave with these, these parting words that I think is so important. Everything starts with the person reflected back at you in the mirror. So if things are not going in your business, in your life, in your world, the way you would like them to be. Always start with you. You, you. Only you have the power to change your world. Other people will just react differently to you, but you can't change other people. So if your sales aren't where you want them to be, look at what you're bringing to the table. If your relationships at work with your manager, with your peers are not what you want them to be, look at how you're contributing to the issue. First, that's the most powerful relationship you have with yourself. You can only control and change your improve yourself, right? So I, wonderful advice. And I think that it, the more we do that, the more ownership we take of our future and our success.
Right. And it's okay to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. I only need to be, <laughs> I only need to be right some of the time to move forward. <laughs> exactly. Patty, you work with companies, you work with CEOs. Um, how can people reach out to you if they would like you to speak with their team or would you like them to coach either oh, great. leadership or the team? How can they, how can they find it? So, so they can go to my website, which is really easy, drpattyann.com. And if they want to email me, they can email me at info at drpattyann and just make sure you say Don's podcast. So I'll know. So my team will know where it's coming from. So we prioritize you. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. We'll make sure we put your contact information in the show Thank notes you. as well. Patty, this has been a fantastic chat. I get to talk to you all the time, but now our audience gets to hear some of your wisdom. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Have a great day. And there you have it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. Dr. Patty Ann did three episodes with us, so be sure to check out the other ones if you haven't already done so, and be sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. If you ever want to get in contact with Dr. Patty Ann or Don Cooper, you can always do so at the links in the description of this episode. Be sure to leave a five-star rating of this show. It truly does help us out a lot. But with all of that said, thank you so much for listening again, and we will see you next time on the Amplifier Podcast.